Hello, welcome back to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Tonight we have the dictator of a country, and I'm going to play some yucks with him. I'm your host, Samuel Jimmy Fallon, and with me as always is my co-host, Andy Calvin Richter. Hey, everybody, it's you. Uh, What was my name again? (laughs) Andy Richter. You left Conan for Jimmy Fallon. I did? Okay. (laughs) Was it better? No one has... Andy, what's it like to leave your your partner of twenty years uh-huh. for the Tonight Show? Uh, there's a lot less money or more. Um, I don't handle it anymore. They won't let me. But it, you know what? It, it, the, the societal change had to happen, and honestly, it couldn't have happened at a better time after twenty years. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I it, laugh at everything, I, but it's not. It's really serious, actually. <laughs> so if you could... you're telling me you went to craft services when you were making that's Avengers, not, that's not what I said at all. I didn't say that at all i said actually it's, it was really troubling after 20 years to have to to have to leave that behind and just you know have to just uproot my career completely and and do things again it really was actually kind of difficult yeah what's jimmy fallon's actual sidekick's name i don't fucking know did you bring it up names of like white guys i have no idea who they are <laughs> so the, what i know who jimmy fallon is he's he's like carly for adults that one's easy <laughs> okay um what's his and then he uh, it's a his name is steve higgins oh okay it's a pretty generic ass name putting a name yeah. to a face to a reference he also looks like an inferior andy richter like <laughs> like 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 he looks like andy richter after rehab like <laughs> do we have photos for that he's also just not funny what <laughs> we're really going after these people sam we and they can't even defend themselves they're stuck indoors they have to stay six feet away it's okay jimmy's making five mil a year at the least he'll be fine who's your favorite of the um sloppy in sweatshirt at home nightly shows so far um i guess john oliver because he just built a small set in his house (laughs) So that's why, because I, I was looking at his, and his looked the most professional out of any of them, probably. Well, there was that first week, I don't know if we talked about this in the show, or if it was just something I've ranted to friends, maybe both, I don't know, but like there was that first week where everyone had to just very quickly go home, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe that all of these setups were just like filming on iPhones using AirPods as mics, like... <laughs> It was awful. And I'm like, these all these people live in New York. And if you if you've ever been to New York City, there's a camera store there called B and H Photo. Mm-hmm. It's actually where I got my new microphone. That's where I get arm that's from. That's where I got my MacBook Pro. That's where I got a lot of different things in the past. Yeah, and the actual store they have is incredible. Like they have every camera, lens, everything you could ever think of. If you wanted to start a production and you had unlimited money, you could B and H is the full resource, and I struggle to believe that they that B and H Photo couldn't provide these late night shows with the right equipment to get them going that quickly, and that it took them this long to get to like actual production quality. This is so. I'm going to connect this to something we're probably going to we, we might get into in this coronavirus talk. But there's so much of of, of our world and of, of people who work in certain industries that just are not prepared for anything but the status quo. And then, like, when something changes and forces them to, like, you know, have to be creative or find solutions, they are so fucking slow to move and have to have everything done for them. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Basically, all the big tech sites were able to do it, and they have way lower budgets than The Tonight Show, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, The Verge, uh, Engadget, Wired, they're all still making videos from home, and they all look fine. Yeah. Uh, But, so it's weird that it took The Tonight Show and all these places, like, uh, they all went on break. It's like, they only had to do a week of shows, but, like, it's so weird that they 
there was this week of shows where they were making 2005 era YouTube quality videos and then started to get their shit together after that. Yeah, they had to figure out how to... A lot of them probably didn't have... You know what they did is they probably went out um, to Best Buy and got like a Logic Pro mic and like uh, a, a camera, an external camera, and then they brought it home and then they were like, oh shit, my, my MacBook Pro only has USB-C. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I had to, so I got a, my, I have a keyboard that I very much love, has some brown switches, it's the best, mm-hmm. uh, and it has a USB-C port in the back, but I found out that the USB-C port they put in there does not support USB-C to C connections, only USB-C to A connections. Can you pause for a second? So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, I needed to laugh manically. <laughs> I had to I had to get that out. Can you explain what that means in a little more detail? So USB is a is a protocol uh, and there are different types of connections for it and most cables support everything but they were using just like a really weird port that only used USB 2.0 for USB C to A, which is a really weird thing to have because what? regular USB C supports USB 2.0. So I don't know why but anyway, is there any like the, so do they I, have maybe is there some keyboard special feature that requires like a certain cable nope. that <laughs> it was probably just a part of it was the part they got but I emailed them they said we have new parts for our newer keyboards we will replace it for free if you send it to us so I sent it in uh, now I'm using my keyboard with blue switches and I hate it so oh, much those are clickier those ones are real clicky yeah can you hear that shit I can I used to own yeah. Uh, what was it? Cherry MX Brown switches on a keyboard that I built a few years back. And then now I've replaced it. Let me get this because uh, I actually have the product name here. The Logitech G513 is what I use now. And they're no longer Cherry MX switches. Uh, they're some sort of like Logitech proprietary. Yeah. No. Are they, are they silence or are they, cl- or are they tactile? Here's a little, here's a little demo. Yeah. Oh, wait, we have... <laughs> Dang You're it. using RTX. I can't hear anything you do. <laughs> Here's a little demo, and then just utter silence. <laughs> he has RTX. Oh, no, he's using RTX. <laughs> Damn it. My GPU's too powerful for me to demo what my keyboard sounds like. This is, like, the most first-world issue I think I could have run into today. But yeah, I like I like tactile switches a lot. Clickies, are, uh, clickies can eat me. Uh, but I'm already kind of... I want to try clear switches because, like, they have a higher resistance, so, like, even more weight. But, Dude, like, clears were the right ones now, I was just... looking into. The, those were going to be the next... When I was looking into keyboards, the only reason I got these ones are because the Cherry MX switches literally cost more, and there were such good reviews for Logitech's proprietary switches, but I was going to get ch- clears for my next keyboard. Yeah, cl- clears are... Uh... Yeah, I love browns, though, so clear is, you know, just the same, but a little more weight to them, so why not? But yeah, I love brown. They're also harder to find, typically. Uh, if, you know, if you're looking in the right place. I've been trying to not get a new keyboard, because <laughs> there's a very nice, customizable keyboard company called WASD, where I got my old keyboard from, but it's a backlit, so I couldn't customize it. And then I discovered they sell customizable keyboards, and it's torture! Why do I do this to myself, Calvin? <laughs> I'm glad to know the full story because yesterday you just kind of gave me a vague warning on instructions of what I was supposed to do. You, know, I kind of felt like someone had just told me that they were a werewolf and that I had to make sure they didn't kill anyone on their full moon. And you know what? I, I think I can. I, I think I can do it. I have your back, dude. You don't need to buy that keyboard. Yeah. 
it looks like Superman. I made it look like <laughs> Superman, and it looks so cool. Can you explain how it looks like Superman? Like, what parts of the, the board? The, the alphanumeric keys are blue with red text, okay. and then the modifier keys are red with yellow text, like Superman. <laughs> you don't need that keyboard, Sam. <laughs> I don't, but it would also have clear switches on it. I don't. I Okay, that, that added maybe like 2% onto me wanting you to buy that keyboard and you're at now a total of like two (laughs) percent yeah and here's the thing i'm very satisfied and now i'll have a new port on my keyboard when it comes back at some point but until then i have to use this blue keyboard and i don't like it mine also has a usb port that i use for my handy dandy fingerprint sensor it's not a usb c it is a normal little usb rectangular one that i always mix up between a and b and i can never remember which one is which yeah, I got USB-A ports on this thing. It's like, it's fine. It's just, I made them, I could have gotten this keyboard with browns and I would have liked it, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it has blues and because it was like, ooh, clicky. <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah. But yeah, browns, if, if if you don't get brown or clear switches or, you know, a, a, co- a clone of those, uh, I judge you. Yeah. Clicky. I understand that why people like linears because there's so little resistance on them. Those are the but, reds, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, reds, uh, black switches, uh, forget what else, or linears. But yeah, linears are like for gamers, but if you just like a nice feeling keyboard, you know what? Tactile is the way to go. I think these ones here that I own, the Logitechs, I would call them hi- a hybrid between like a red and a brown, probably. They're most likely like, they're most likely a linear switch with slightly more resistance, is my guess, because most gaming keyboards have, most gaming branded keyboards have linears on them. Mm-hmm. There's no click at the uh, bottom. There's like actually there's there's a click, but it's not like a brown click. It's a much yeah. more subtle one. I, What's it's it called again? The Logitech weird. Logitech G what? Let's get this. Uh, G five o three five one three. Gaming keyboard. Yeah, so it's almost certainly linear switches on this. Mm-hmm. I got the silver edition. Oof, looks nice. No, you know what? I got tactile because. Okay, yeah, I see it now. So the two proprietary Logitech styles are tactile and linear. And I believe I got tactile, but you could have you could trick me. It's it basically it, feels they, linear. They, they their custom branded switches are called blue. Yeah. I don't know. But it says it just says tactile for both. It's tactile, uh they also offer here you go. Linear um So they offer linear gx blue gx brown gx red lin- so I, I yeah i assume they are using cherry code names and it's blue which is clicky brown which is tactile yeah so their blue switch is almost certainly clicky yep they got they separate the two out they yeah cool that was a very pointless tangent that's fine <laughs> anyway it's mechanical keyboards are mechanical keyboards are nice i tried getting a uh i I went. I got the Apple branded Magic Keyboard, the nice long, the nice big one with the space gray. Garbage, garbage. <laughs> I don't know how they call that the same as their iPad keyboard. The iPad keyboard is wonderful. The Mac keyboard, terrible. I have no idea how anyone uses. It's it. so old, dude. This is the. This is okay. If I'm looking at the right one. Yeah. No, the space gray Magic Keyboard came out with the uh, iMac Pro. Yeah, but, uh, it's, but based it's the same off of switch, the same like design, isn't it? 
No, it's a different. It's the same switch that they say they put in the laptops and the iPad, but it just feels terrible for some reason. Okay, <laughs> which is weird because I love the iPad keyboard, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I like a flat. Nope, terrible. Oh, no. Hate it. I have it pulled up here. I know why you hate it. It's because it has the MacBook Pro's keyboard switches. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It has, but it has magic switches on it. Scissor switches. I don't know. They look exactly the same though. Well, no, they so the. The new Mac, the new butterfly keyboard, sorry, not the butterfly, the new scissor switch keyboard is way flatter profile than, so it's, it has the same flat profile of the butterfly switches, but it's durable because it's a scissor switch. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've used the new scissor switches cause I have an iPad magic keyboard and it's great. I love it. But for whatever reason, the Mac magic keyboard, which is the same switch feels awful. <laughs> So I guess the verdict is undecided then on whether or not these switches are good, right? Because we have one product where they are and one where they aren't. Yeah, I I think it's also just like the key they give it more key trap. I couldn't tell you why, but uh, yeah, it just felt like I was mashing directly into aluminum every time I typed. I'm gonna I'm like, be real with you. This want thing, this? This thing looks less than a half an inch high. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Well, we're on the topic of tech, and speaking of which, like uh, one of the things we want to talk about while we were on a little bit of a break is Apple updated their final laptop, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and now, for the first time ever in like five years almost, mm-hmm. uh, I can tell people to buy Apple laptops with less reservations than I used to. Oh yeah, look at that. How did I not hear about this one? This is the one thing I didn't look up just because I had, I, I don't know. I've, I have so little interest in Apple's MacBook Pro line. I think it's just because of everything that's been happening over the past few years with it. It's just like one tired innovation after another, not really adding anything. Um, but you're saying now it's actually like improving. To me, it's an orphan platform because like the, the software has just been sort of so neglected. Catalina is a fucking mess. Uh, but the the actual laptops are still very popular, which is why Apple had to rush to update. So like they they were insisting for five years that the butterfly keyboard is the best one ever. It's it's so it's revolutionary, and these keyboards they just kept breaking. And I actually liked the feel of the old butterfly keyboard. I had a butterfly MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. Um, we use those same keyboards. Those are the ones we use at work, and we've just started upgrading to the USB C macbook pros and i have yet to allow my boss to buy me a new macbook pro because of that keyboard you can yeah so like if he gets you a if he now if your boss gets you a new macbook pro unless it it should like a 2020 macbook pro or a 2019 16 inch macbook pro you will get the new good keyboard uh but i liked the feel of the butterfly keyboard but it was just not reliable and a lot of people hated the feel but like the reliability is the thing like who cares how much you like it if the keyboard's going to fail on you then it's a bad keyboard yeah a lot of people who are buying this device are are using it for um i would presume work like in my case a lot of these devices go to developers a lot of it goes to students who are using it to write essay after essay so durability is going to be a must yeah so now they they have updated all of them but like they're still not like a perfect lineup of products because intel is intel and uh it's (laughs) Apple has been fighting Intel's terrible upgrade cycle for ages. And what is their cycle? Don't... Is it just yearly that they're putting out new? So in- Intel announces new chips every year, but they aren't necessarily innovating that quickly. So like it used like there was one year where they went from I think Haswell. They put Haswell chips in the MacBook Air, and all of a sudden the MacBook Air had a 12-hour battery life, and it was insane. Like Intel's chips with each generation you said these huge leaps and bounds but now an eighth gen chip 
low end is going to be about the same performance as a 10th gen chip low end, which is because they're basically using the same 14 nanometer architecture because uh, Intel has been struggling to get to 10. Mm-hmm. And with 10th gen, some chips are 10 nanometer, but not all of them. So <laughs> when you when you're looking when you're shopping for Intel chips, unless you know what you're looking for. Their 14 nanometer and 10 nanometer chips are both sold as Intel 10th gen i5 i7 processors, which is kind of insulting. <laughs> like, it just if you can't do it all, just call the make, make it work. If I buy a 10th gen chip, I'm only getting 10 nanometer. I get the the higher efficiency. I get the better performance. I would think, uh, but like who's who's especially in Apple's case, no one's going to be innovating with a 14 nanometer chip, anyways. Yeah, but like you, you can't do much with it. It's like we've basically reached the capacity of fourteen nanometer, and Intel just can't get to ten. And there are the tenth gen chips that do have uh, ten nanometer. By the way, just smaller nanometer means there's less space between the transistors in a chip, which means you can fit more transistors. Which means you make the ch- which means you make the chip faster. Um, the tenth gen chips that do have ten nanometer, they're all like ultrabook class chips. They're not very powerful. Like none of their new desktop. Chips are 10 nanometer. Uh, none, if you're buying a gaming laptop or a pro laptop, you're not getting 10 nanometer. Do you know what like the the motivation behind that is necessarily? I don't know that much in terms of like CPU uh, engineering, but it to me it would seem like if you can build the technology for your ultra books, you could just push that off to your desktop. Team. Um. Yeah. It's chip fabrication is something very it's a very complicated thing but like it it comes down to the efficiency of their processes because you make chips on these giant sheets these giant uh these giant metal sheets of silicone and gold yeah these giant wafers yeah uh and each and depending on how well you can print on those wafers is if you can make it into a viable product so if their process if they so it might be that they've tried to make desktop class 10 nanometer chips but too many of the wafers came out with errors on them so they couldn't use enough of the chips for it to be economically viable but they could for whatever reason with desktop ch- with laptop ultrabook chips which are a more efficient which like you know they, they're they're you're gonna get smaller chips so you can fit more chips on a wafer so even if you have a high error rate you're gonna get more usable processors than out of a uh, a desktop chip because size does matter in this type of thing mm-hmm. uh but like that's what i'm always Intel saying also- honestly yeah, I think I think brave stance size matters. Dude, <laughs> damn it! I, I was about to ask uh, my girlfriend a question, and then I thought, well, that's not going to be very funny. <laughs> and also, we wouldn't hear her. We would not hear her. RTX would cut her out. It has an unless anti-girlfriend filter. To the, unless she walked up to the the microphone to give the answer. Yeah, she just gave you and I a middle finger. So I don't think that's happening. <laughs> um i was looking at the the macbook pros available here and it looks like they're they're starting out at one 1299 i would have preferred 1200 whatever i think this is super cool i love that it's a quad core cpu that's awesome i'd like that the base is no longer dual because there was a point where they were selling they were selling dual core oh yeah MacBook yeah pros. That's, the, that's the other thing so the macbook pros the, when they did the upgrade only uh, if you want, if you want the tenth gen chips, uh, the the baseline only has eighth gen chips. Yeah, that was the other thing I was looking at. Right, it, it looks like the tenth gen goes up significantly. Yeah, if you want tenth gen chips, you have to pay eighteen hundred dollars. I don't think for that's worth a MacBook it. Pro. I think I think people should come in here and they should just buy the the base one. I think it looks fine for most people. Yeah, but like if if you're an actual pro, 
then you're going to be looking at that at that $1,800 SKU. But also, also, if you're an actual pro, the 16-inch is going to be much more appealing to you. Oh, that's right. Because you'll get a because re- you'll get a real graphics card with it. The reason you buy a MacBook Pro baseline over a MacBook Air baseline is the MacBook Pro has a better thermal design and it can sustain loads longer than a MacBook Air can because the MacBook Air fan effectively is just blowing softly on the processor where the MacBook Pro has an actual heat pipe to get heat out of the system. If you were to recommend to like a college student um, a MacBook Pro, a MacBook Air or a Surface whatever equivalent or a Chromebook, what do you think is the recommendation in this class? If you're an English major, you get a MacBook Air or a Chromebook. Uh, but if you're a uh, if you're going to be doing you know science stuff, if you're going to be working with CAD files, then you got You need a real pro- you need a real processor. You need a real GPU. Yeah. And are they still selling eGPUs uh, with these new MacBook Pros? Have they yes. kind of upgraded that line too? Uh, I don't think so. I think they're still AMD cards, like AMD 580s. But yeah, interesting. So they're staying with Intel but- this time. Do you know if their next uh, laptops, are they hoping to move on to their proprietary CPU? That's, uh, that's, so the rumor is that next year we're going to get at least one MacBook that is running an Apple-made processor. That would presumably be a new MacBook, the small computer, or a MacBook Air running an Apple processor. I'm guessing they're going to call it something else, I hope. Yeah. And then that, that Apple chip is going to be ARM-based, it's going to be super efficient, it's going to have all the processing power in the world, but because it's ARM-based, it's going to take a while before apps switch to be compatible with it. So, yeah. yes, the processor could run Photoshop well, but you first need an ARM version of Photoshop to do anything on it. Have there been many rumors in terms of... So, so one of my favorite things about Apple and as a developer, even to this day is that they're one of the few developers whose goals don't seem to end at kind of pushing the bar forward. I feel like a lot of um, phone manufacturers, uh, a OnePlus is a great example, um, their priority, and rightly so, tends to be how much power can we squeeze out of um, this much you know, money. Because essentially they're trying to be efficient and give the, the best value to their customers. In Apple's case, they tend not to worry too much about that. Um, and so they can throw in kind of superfluous stuff like, we have a handoff. So if you're writing an email on your iPhone, it's just going to magically do this. And then they have like, oh, we have wireless and this M8 is like an H1 chip or something. Um, and all these Bluetooth chips and they allow you to seamlessly pair with your devices. I'm kind of curious to see what Apple's so-called magic features are going to be with these new cpus or if they're even going to attempt anything in that realm i think it's just going to be like i think it's just going to be thermals because if apple like the the architecture that these a chips use is all the same if it's on an iphone or an ipad the difference is how big are you making the processors and how many cores are you putting in when you and that limit is set by the thermal capacity of your device. So a phone obviously doesn't have as good of thermals as an iPad because the iPad has more surface area to disperse heat through. Mm-hmm. With a Mac, uh, you're going to have more surface area, but you're also potentially going to have a fan. And that means you're going to be able to stretch that arm chip just a little bit further. Even though the MacBook Air fan isn't very powerful, with something like an arm chip, you have way more of a ceiling uh, of performance you can get out of it when you are putting some level of airflow on it. Because with no airflow, the MacBook, the iPad Pro beats MacBooks in some in some tasks. So imagine what you put a fan if you put a fan on that processor, what it does. That is that is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, 
But what I'm more excited for, kind of, is like there's been a rumor. So they have found AMD rising code inside beta versions of Mac OS, mm-hmm. which at least indicates that Apple is testing Macs running AMD Ryzen processors. And if that happens, I would be very excited because it would be a very practical future where Apple's consumer computers all use uh, ARM chips made by Apple, but for pro for pro computers, they're all running Ryzen and Threadripper, which would Oof. be incredible. Like a Threadripper Mac Pro, g- get out of town. Oh my lord. <laughs> I just did the, the the equivalent of that Antonio Banderas clip where he like leans back in his seat and he's like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love that one. Yeah. But yeah, a uh, or a Ryzen seven, Ryzen nine uh MacBook Pro or uh iMac oh my lord my lord that's, that's <laughs> i want it shit dude can you imagine them not encumbered by intel <laughs> oh god so nice yeah like in- intel like they have plans like i've talked to someone who like works in this f- in the field about it like intel is trying to do some very very cool stuff with five nanometer but that is a very very long way away and right now they're just struggling to get 10 nanometer and like if intel 11th gen which will be announced next year if intel 11th gen isn't 10 10 nanometer across the board they're gonna lose another generation to to amd who they uh, so the difference is intel owns their own fabric their own fabs or their own factories that make chips amd uses tsmc which is the same company who makes chips for apple uh, makes chips for nvidia amd just sends ryzen designs to tsmc based on whatever processes TSMC has. And because TSMC uh, is, they're this incredible fabricator, they have all these different processes and they're constantly coming out with new ones. So it helps their best clients who are the best at designing chips stay way ahead of the curve to compared to companies who own their own supply chain if, for processors. If you can find, I mean, we do it all the time in our business. It doesn't, there's a lot of pride that companies have, I think, in like doing everything themselves. I know Apple has huge pride in being able to have control of like the full pipeline. Um, that They show that pride a lot in products like the iPhone SE, which is essentially a, a, not a ripoff, but uh, a, a reuse of a lot of the materials they got back from iPhone 8s. Um, but yeah, I think if you can find a decent contractor who does good work, that's, that's just as valuable. And clearly, AMD knows that. Yeah, so yeah, T- so TSMC uh, is, th- they're this incredible uh, company. I, w- I would love it like when freelance writing becomes a thing I can do again when digital ads pick up. <laughs> I would love to try to do a big piece on TSMC because they, they're, I think they're low key, like one of the most exciting parts of the tech world uh, because they make chips for every, when you look at who's on top, they're making chips for all of them. Wow. Which is, yeah. So, yeah, so AMD, uh, they're about to come out with Ryzen uh, 3, which is going to be a 7 nanometer based uh, process. Or is it five? Yeah, they're, so they're, they're about to have a 7 nanometer process uh, for their Ryzen Zen 3 cores, which is going to be Ryzen 4000 desktop chips, Ryzen 5000 laptop chips, because. Calvin, you're going to find this hilarious. They skipped uh, a generation number with their architecture naming, and it took the architecture name numbers one number off of the processor marketing name numbers. (laughs) Zen 1 was Ryzen 1000, but then they had to delay Zen 2, so the second generation of architecture chip was called Zen Plus. So... Ryzen 2000 was Zen Plus. Let, let it be known <laughs> that this is the reason that 
I decided to go with an Intel CPU on my PC. <laughs> this was it. I, I saw the I saw the Ryzen the the two the Zen three the Ryzen four, and I just said this is too much. <laughs> yep. But yeah. So Zen three is about to come out, and based on what we know about it, it's probably going to be the the architecture that curb stomps Intel, because Intel probably isn't going to have enough. 10 nanometer desktop chips available if any Mm -hmm. to compete so amd is going to surpass them this year and it's i'm very very excited for it because i have decided to for my gaming setup i'm going to buy a ps5 because they have backwards compatibility i have hundreds of dollars of games i can't just throw those all away yeah uh and then i think sometime 2021 i'm going to build a pc and it's going to be an amd build uh using ryzen 4000 chips Smart choice. I'd say on both yeah. fronts. I, I think, and especially after watching the most recent um, uh, tech demo from Epic, technically, yeah. uh, I, I think PS5 is definitely a good investment. Yeah, but also 2021 is going to be me bullying Calvin into upgrading his motherboard and <laughs> CPU to AMD Ryzen 4000. I, I will do... I am, I am so terrified of touching the inside of this computer. I've done... I will... I will f- when when there is a vaccine I will fly to Des Moines and we will do this together. All right, okay. I I I want to. I want to upgrade the motherboard. The problem was I I I I went and I got a pre-built PC and then I refused mm-hmm. to look at like the inside of the PC and I just let it run and nothing's gone wrong. So <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's a pre-built. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. All but, I've done is yeah, installed like- two hard drives. And as one long as you're card. not water, as long as you're not water cooled, it should be very easy to do a motherboard swap. All right. You just op- you open it up, take it, unscrew everything because they they're still using Phillips heads. Unscrew everything, take the motherboard out, and then reassemble the motherboard. I've watched enough PC builds. We can do this. <laughs> I like it'll the be confidence. A fun, it'll be a fun project. So, what did you think of the the Epic Games tech demo? Uh, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> it's it's something, right? Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Unreal, which is owned by Epic, uh, the Unreal Engine, they released a demo of the Unreal Engine Five, which is designed for next gen consoles and also for ray tracing. And so it's not all, just all this stuff. Um, PlayStation exclusive, then? Oh yeah, no, anyone can use the Unreal Engine. Why the heck? Uh, as long as it's exclusive. Yeah, of course. Okay, go on. <laughs> they they built they built this demo for ps5 but oh. all the tech inside that inside the engine you can use on anything yeah, i guess the, uh, the the guess is probably that the playstation 5 is just a good platform to demo it on i mean what's the use of really demoing on like a four thousand dollar pc you know yeah like P- the P- pc master race people they love to scoff but like the fact is games are still built with consoles in mind and then pc is a second thought if you don't believe me look at rockstar games and how they run on oh, pc fuck, i could talk all day <laughs> yeah it's insane <laughs> you're not allowed to be mad it was a free copy it's right i can't i can't be mad and it was the premium version too i got gta 5 yeah. for free <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so like when when new tech comes out for consoles that 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 always carries over to pc for instance uh now that piece now that consoles are matching pc graphics card in terms of teraflops not in cpu performance but in gpu performance Mm -hmm. you're going to see uh nvidia say oh we need to make pc more compelling so here are these new graphics card which are twice as powerful as a ps5 
and Xbox Series X graphics card. Yeah. And that's going to be great because they can't overprice that graphics card too much because then no one's going to buy it. So a, a $700 graphics card is going to double its performance in the next year or two because of the existence of these consoles. Kind of speaking on that point, I think watching this tech demo was the first time I, I've been, I've been able to be hyped for, I believe the PlayStation three launch. I was pretty, I was old enough to like, you know, be looking into the IGN videos and all this and getting excited for the tech demos and stuff. And then the PlayStation 4 launch, I was getting excited for that. But in all of these launches, there is always kind of the thought that, oh, okay, consoles are looking really good. They're almost to PC level, you know? They're almost looking like a nice, like, 4K or whatever PC game with a high frame rate. Almost. This is the first time I watched something and realized this system costs a fraction of my PC and I don't believe my PC could do what it's doing right now. I just don't have that confidence. And that's probably because I haven't run Unreal Engine 5 on my PC. I guarantee it could probably simulate that. But when you're coming to the point where you're looking that good and I'm just questioning whether or not my $2,000 plus PC can match it, like that's, you know, that's super impressive. And I think that's more of a criticism of NVIDIA uh, than anything. So there are there are not a lot of games, ugh, excuse me, there are not a lot of games that support RTX. So like the big thing that NVIDIA was talking about was like, yeah, our 2080 cards are going to have more teraflops than our 10, than our 10,000 series, than our 1000 series cards. But the big thing is ray tracing. Ray tracing is incredible, mm-hmm. but they, NVIDIA just didn't do a good job of, finding of of working with enough game developers to make ray trace games a thing on pc and then i'll I'll say even for like the ones that do have ray tracing so as an example like battlefield 5 that's a game i've been playing a ton of lately and it does have ray tracing so we have my uh intel i7 9700k so ninth gen intel chip i7 uh we have my 2080 super and then we have a ray trace battlefield 3 or battlefield 5 on 3440 by 1440 pixel resolution uh, running with ray tracing. And I'm getting, what, 21 frames per second, 22 frames per second on an overclocked GPU. I turn on DLSS, which is essentially a super sampling method that allows you to downsample the image you're looking at to improve performance. And that is only getting me back up to like maybe 40 or 50, which if you're a console gamer, you're like, oh, that's living the dream. But if you're used to PC, I'm typically gaming between 90 and 120, right? This is not in any way what I'm expecting from my card. And I'm having a reduced resolution. Yeah, ray tracing for a competitive game like Battlefield 5 is it's not something that you it's not something that you actually want to turn on. Uh so like but yeah, like the 2080 is a terrific graphics card. Uh but oh, sure. if, but ray tracing is just like it's this first gen product that Nvidia made a lot of hype about and then they haven't really followed through but like for something like say control or like uh, other story driven games like god of war for example mm-hmm. like these games were like frame rate doesn't matter as long as it looks smooth and you can hit at least 60 that's something where ray tracing would play more of a or play would play more of a role where it's like you know big open worlds uh lots of details story driven games then yeah ray tracing is great yeah uh but with battlefield 5 being really the only <laughs> game supporting ray tracing cause like overwatch which all these all these staple pc games none of them have really updated for ray tracing they just take advantage of the more ter- of more teraflops there's some good news on that front i i think i might i think either you shared this with me or i shared it with you 
But in one of NVIDIA's recent driver updates, uh, DirectX 12 is now going to allow developers to, in in a certain way, turn on ray tracing for certain games. So it can be uh, presumably patched in to DirectX 12 titles. Of course, that requires the developer to go back and still do the work, you know, of developing ray yeah. tracing in the game. But now, hopefully, we will see it in more titles as they come out. Hopefully, and and, it's, and what what I like about Unreal Engine Five is the, they their light protocol is not necessarily ray tracing. It's called Lumen, but it it mimics ray tracing enough, but it doesn't do the full tracking every single photon of real ray tracing. Which is why they don't. Uh, but I would argue, dude, like. I would argue if it's even 50% as good as ray tracing, but at least I'm able to fucking run it, you know? Yeah. At like a decent frame rate. Ray, ray tracing is beautiful and all. It, it's only beautiful when you're looking at like a still image, even in control, which I've tried running on, uh, tried being the keyword, running on my PC. You're right. It's it's smooth, but it's it's not how I want to be. It's not what I bought this PC for. You know, I didn't buy the PC to gain game below 60 FPS. Yeah. The, the big thing that NVIDIA, that AMD beat Intel for was support for PCIe 4, which has way more bandwidth. And on NVIDIA's, uh, not their budget chips, but like they're more their midline motherboards, they have PCIe 4 for storage and graphics only. You can't plug any other PCIe 4 stuff in, but like for consumers, you don't need anything other than storage and graphics. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what a PCIe 4 NVIDIA GPU could do with an amd processor uh which is something that we might we we don't know what the rise there's going to be new ryzen chips this year but there's also going to be new amd cards this year presumably Mm -hmm. Uh, and we don't know if those cards will support pcie 4 but if they did it would make a lot of it would it would have a lot of interesting opportunities for that texture uh, amd pcs oof that texture streaming dude antonio oof (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This this demo, it's really great. the The big thing is uh, where they demoed the SSD. Uh, where there's a sequence at the end of this demo where like the hero jumps out of this temple and she she wingsuits to a portal. That's like, I thought miles it was away. a uh, <laughs> a lot. And a lot of people in the comments also thought this. But if, if you're if you're at all used to gaming, there's a few moments in this trailer. One thing I will say this this game had no loading screens. It had almost zero pop in, um, and a lot of it. I felt was honestly watching a pre-rendered cutscene, but it was all apparently being controlled the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there was a cutscene where that was, uh, where like the the light opened up on the temple and like shining on all those statues. Yeah, but it wasn't but, like, like a, a cutout to yeah. like, a video or something. And like that's where you would do that's in real game designs. Like you would use the cutscene so that you could load that big flying demo. Yeah. But I guess that's what I there mean. Was so like cutscenes are typically used. Cutscenes used to be used almost as a crutch in game development. Yeah. And yeah, there was so much data in that flying section that you would on an older system you would need way more time to load it. Yeah. Or you would have uh, so, like, textures disappearing or popping in maybe a few feet in front of the character. But instead, what we're seeing is super detailed, super sharp textures and and vertices like all the way up until the horizon they even said like you know on the horizon look and so i did it i turned it to 4k i expanded the full screen video i leaned in and yep there it was vertices on the horizon all while the character was moving around yeah it's it's crazy and the s what's great about the ssd on the playstation and the xbox is because they're there and now 
developers are going to build for them, that's really going to carry over to PCs. Like you, we've had SSDs on the PC space for ages, mm-hmm. but games never really took advantage of them that much. Uh, like uh, Linus Tech Tips did a great video where they showed like there really isn't that much visible difference between a SATA SSD and a modern NVMe SSD, even though the NVMe SSD is so many times faster than the SATA drive. Yeah. And it's because games are not optimized for SSD performance yet because they don't really have to. I think the only title I can think of that is is going to be modified or it has SSD in mind and has had SSD in mind for the past few years would be that uh, the star, that star game that's constantly being funded. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? We talked about it. Before. Okay, we've talked about it before. That game has uh, essentially what you're talking about. A lot of it is is super fast texture streaming. The actual install file for the executable says recommended install on an SSD. It does not recommend you install on the hard drive. So other than that, though, like you're saying, when your base is console, there's just no point. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in this demo, but also like next gen is really coming together. But yeah, as much as I love what Microsoft is doing with their stuff, with their uh, consumer, their pro consumer stuff. For me, it really just came down to, I have a bunch of games on my PS4 that may not get upgraded for free, but I'll still be able to play them on that PS5 with some performance boost. Mm-hmm. And like, I would love it if they said every PlayStation exclusive is getting a PS5 optimized free upgrade. Uh, I've basically accepted that's not going to happen. I'd love to be surprised, but I'll no. still at least be able to play those games. No. But I think, yeah, and I think I think you have the right mindset though there because because what we're really thinking about too is well, one of my things for consoles has always been I feel they've always been prioritizing the wrong thing in that resolution always seemed to go above frame rate in a lot of cases, and I, the yeah. hope I have within their brute force move to have things like SSDs and high texture streaming and all that, one of the problems that's just going to be kind of automatically clicked into place is going to be a high FPS count with a high resolution for PlayStation 4 titles. I feel the PlayStation 5 might be the way to enjoy PlayStation 4 titles at 1080p to 4K 60fps consistently every single time. And Sony, they're going to have a big game announcement at some point in the next few months, uh, and we will we will know if God of War is going to get a PS5 optimized free upgrade, or if it's just going to be... Does it even need one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hidden load screens in God of War. A lot. Like, if you want to fast travel somewhere, yeah, there isn't a fast travel load screen, but you're basically stuck in the tree dimension <laughs> for a good two minutes. You're telling me you don't love so- that? <laughs> yeah so maybe and also like uh, when you travel to new di- travel to new worlds the bifrost room you're stuck in there for two three minutes too so like yeah cut the bifrost room down to 10 seconds but you know that you, would be a great upgrade you know what else you're cutting sam is you're cutting uh dad talk time <laughs> between him and his son <laughs> whenever they're just standing around talking shit at each other well, the dad talk time is in the canoe the canoe is fine all right you don't like the dad talk time when they're standing uh, around in a room waiting for textures to load yeah uh, no <laughs> Rem- remaster it Corey. Corey balrog oh come on he's a good guy <laughs> oh i love him too did you watch the uh the god of war documentary no there's a god of war documentary starring um the it has him in it and then it has the game director it's like an hour long i think it's called raising kratos I recommend to people. That's my recommendation. Since we're all in quarantine, watch watch Raising Kratos. 
Yeah. Quite a fun one. Uh, a couple more tech things, by the way. The reason we've been talking about nothing but tech the last few episodes is because the world of entertainment is literally on pause right now. Like, t- I could talk about, oh, wow, they cast this guy in this movie, but I don't give a shit about that. It's <laughs> The only thing that really matters is uh, there's no theaters open, and Christopher Nolan's like, Tenet's going to open, guys. We're one month away, by the way, as of recording. Uh, I, I'm afraid. From the release of Tenet. <laughs> Part of me is afraid that Christopher Nolan doesn't doesn't live in our reality. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't, like, yeah, just because states are opening now, most people are still staying at home. Like, 80% of people, apparently, are still not planning on going out anytime soon. This is almost a, a bigger conversation about class itself, but there seems to be a certain amount of the U.S. population that doesn't understand that just because stores are open doesn't mean people are going to start using them or like shopping oh, yeah. I read or this incredible article. I read this incredible article in the New York Times. Uh, I think I read where, the same one. <laughs> Whereas uh, economists are surprised that people didn't use those $1,200 yep. checks to buy luxury items. Yeah, that's the same article. It was, it was a person saying, essentially, you know, when, when we sent out the subsidies or whatever, I, I seriously thought we'd see improvements to the auto sector and the uh, tech <laughs> And and you know the, all these sectors, but it turns out people are people are using these subsidies to to pay for for rent and food, and, and some people are are hear this, they're just saving the money for a rainy day or something. <laughs> now what's that? Yeah, <laughs> I can speak to that. I can speak to that. I got my stimulus check, and like I didn't spend it because I had to dip into my savings these last few months. My stimulus check went to replenish my savings. There's so I, I think. I think there's a group of people who believe that since they sit on a pile of a million dollars in like a safety deposit box somewhere in the Swiss Alps, that everyone else on the planet does too. But that's not how it works. Most of us don't have that much money. <laughs> yeah, like I'm getting uh, the boost in unemployment uh, thanks to th- thanks to Bernie. Uh, but I'm not using all of that for luxury items. I'm using it for food. And like, yeah, I can buy like some nice things I've been looking at for but the most of my money is going either to necessities or my savings it's it's a lot of these people just like oh come on we need to restart the economy you need to get things going we're, we're in trouble and it's like yeah we get that but people are still going to prioritize their own health over the economy the only people who care about the economy over their own health are people who have other people to worry about their health for them that's that's it I'm, yeah i'm not saying i am saving all of my money but i am saving most of uh my stimulus money or my unemployment money because uh i gotta do things when this is over <laughs> yeah my my stimulus check went to rent and food and a few other things that normal people have to pay for and then it was gone <laughs> yeah and you have a and you're getting your full salary mostly, yeah right <laughs> yeah i'm still yeah. i'm still getting a full salary but i have noticed things i i think i'm somehow spending more money i if this has if this has taught me anything it's that I now pay closer attention to the money I spend than I think I are used you ordering, to. Are you ordering more delivery food than you were yes. before? No, so that's, that's definitely why. it. That, yeah. No, same with me. I Yeah, I was... Uh, I have a Chick-fil-A just down the street from me. Very dangerous. Do you ever... When you say down the street, is it is it close enough to, to do a little jaunt to? Uh, if, if, if I could... Yes, I could walk there oh, if gosh, I wanted to. That is very, if, if I had a Chick-fil-A down the street, I I honestly might have to move cities. That's yeah, because it's that big of a problem for me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's you know, yeah, you would be, uh, yeah, it's eating out is so expensive. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing better with that because uh, you know I want to be able to put my money away so I can buy a TV at some point so I can 
get a different chair that doesn't make my legs die. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this chair cuts off the circulation in my left thigh. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening us to us complain. Uh, how did we get here? <laughs> so, rich people talking about how we weren't spending money on their businesses or something. Probably enough. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were, if you, if you were rich, then yeah, put your twelve hundred dollars towards a, a, a food bank or, or an, something. Invest or, in your fucking portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> if by the way, that's probably a drop in the bucket in their fucking. Are you gonna see Tenet if it comes out July seventeenth? Like, assuming theaters are open, they're doing social distancing stuff, like spacing seats out so that you're not sitting close to anyone. Oh yeah, so no. Would you go see Tenet in a oh, theater? I'll totally go. Yeah, same. No, I, fuck I'm no, I'm not going to go. Theaters. Shut up. Oh, I, I would go. I'm just, <laughs> I am going to, I am planning on seeing Tenet at the Alamo Draft House because from what I have seen, they are taking this the most seriously. Okay. Uh, if, if they are open on July 17th, I will go. If I had an Alamo Draft House and from everything that I hear, um, that, that we, from everything that we've talked about, um, off, off mic and on mic about Alamo, I think they're just better at doing theaters in general, and I would trust them to do theaters here. But we don't have one here, so I cannot trust my local theater. I think that's it. I trust Alamo enough to like handle this right. I would go. To, I I went to Alamo before theater shut down uh, when the pandemic was starting. I saw Bloodshot and The Hunt, uh, <laughs> the last movies ever released. I forgot the last movies you saw. <laughs> at least i don't know is it is it better or worse than your last movie being sonic um sonic was fine (laughs) i heard it was like i heard my my favorite reviews of sonic were the people who from the beginning had hated the first design and then they had yelled about the new design and then they were yelling before about like ben schwartz like they didn't like him for some reason and then they go and see the film and they're like this movie was like made for kids It's like, yeah, this yeah. wasn't even. You were completely off base the whole time, dude. This was not made for you. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I would go to Alamo Draft House if, assuming Tenet opens July seventeenth, and I can see it. Because also, I want to see a Christopher Nolan movie, and uh, I trust Alamo to social distance the theaters enough where I would be able to see it. This is the this is the time for a Christopher Nolan film, and I think he honestly heard about the pandemic, and that just made him more sure about releasing it during this time. <laughs> the <laughs> issue with July seventeenth is. Uh, Texas just had a big spike because we reopened at the beginning of the month, and what do you know? A bunch more people got sick. If you can't see so. it, but I, um, I've, I've taken the uh, Macaulay Culkin Home Alone hands on cheeks stance in surprise that people got sick when we opened up that state again during a pandemic. Yeah, so we with yeah, a we, viral we have this huge infection. spike. In, <laughs> we have this huge spike in Texas, uh, and it's. Our governor said he wasn't going to keep opening up if uh, there's a spike, but he's a fucking liar. <laughs> what is happening, dude? <laughs> yeah, my home state of Georgia, their cases have stayed mostly flat uh, since they started reopening. So you could see the excuse for why Georgia might be able to reopen because maybe the infection wasn't as bad as they thought. But yeah, Texas, uh, our cases have just continued to climb uh, consistently. And yesterday was actually a record breaking day for cases. Highest case day since the pandemic started. Oh my God. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, we did not have the tests back then. To be fair. But, uh, but yeah, still not great. Yeah. Yeah, we had the we had the slightest dip between April 10th and when we reopened. Like you can look at the graph on the Washington Post. Very useful. 
mm-hmm. tiniest little dip, and the governor's like, "Yep, yeah, we 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 crossed the curve. That's the curve. We 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 got over the hump. We're ready to reopen." Has that nope. not been? We the are. Rep- <laughs> it's like every conservative position has literally been that for the past two weeks in the weirdest of ways. Like it used to be, and we're getting way off topic here, but whatever. It. it I honestly feel like we have, if you look at the discourse four years ago and now, we have just completely, we don't even argue anymore. We just, we make up like, like playground fight nicknames for each other and then just say, you know what you did. And that's it. And then we have like the super complex viral disease that's spread over air and like every person who gets infected has a, end rate of infecting what was it like five other people before they you know start seeing symptoms or whatever and it's just like the, we we do not have the infrastructure for this for protecting anyone oh yeah sorry that's yeah texas is gonna have a, a huge flood of cases here so even if uh tenant does open we might have to shut down assuming our governor does the right thing which he won't cause he's a bastard <sighs> but yeah that's the only entertainment news going on it's just like hey tenant might come out or it might not yeah um you want to point and laugh at Quibi? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I want to I wanna hate on something. <laughs> okay, Quibi, uh, streaming service. We talked about it with Ricky. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, predictably, not doing well. No, it's not. And and even though he said um, the, the leader or CEO or whatever was all like, you know what? With this coronavirus, it's actually the best environment. <laughs> For us to yeah. release this application, he said, everyone's at home, and they're gonna. And then now he's completely backtracked on that statement. But not even backtracked. He's said, done a one eighty. <laughs> yeah, and he is. He's. He said, "I blame everything on the coronavirus." Okay, Jeffrey. He's okay, literally Jeffrey. Literally pulled a Trump. <laughs> that that I said wasn't an issue. Not only did I not say it wasn't an issue, but it actually is a super big issue. And yeah. And I listened to his recode interview. Uh, you can go listen to it yourself. He said, we think it's fine because you're seeing YouTube and TikTok are all having record numbers during the pandemic. Uh, and we're... Which they we're were. To launch here. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is in this New York Times interview that Katzenberg did, the interviewer said, well, what about TikTok? They're having great numbers in the pandemic. Something Katzenberg said in his recode interview. He said, that's completely different. It's apples to oranges. Why would you even ask me about that? <laughs> What I love, what I love is I don't. If you look at that argument in a vacuum, I do not disagree. But the way he's saying it, and the position he's in, and everything he's set up to now, it's just like, no, buddy. <laughs> like, just yeah. My big prediction was that Quibi they were going to bring back their ninety day free trial. Uh, they have not done that yet. Uh, it's, it is still only a two week free trial. But what he did say in this interview is it was hilarious. He said. They got three million. They had three and a half million downloads. <clears throat> Only one point three million are still active users as of this point. By the way, I finished the Lena Waithe sneaker culture documentary, so I deleted the app from my phone. <laughs> so that's another daily active user gone. I feel like he didn't think about that. He didn't think about the people who went for just like one or two shows. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, so they they their daily active users way down. And what's hilarious is like he again he was giving away. 90 days of this thing for free and only got 3 million people for an app that has 1.75 billion dollars in funding behind it uh he's going to have to raise money next april and i highly doubt he's going to get to enough daily active users to convince people to fund to back him 
well, yeah, and like, yeah, he's Jeffrey Katzenberg. He can work his magic, uh, but I, I, I see no world in which he is able to raise enough money to keep this thing going. And if he does, his investors are the dumbest people in the world. So he's got, um, he's got investors to start out with. The ninety day trial came out and allowed you to use the service without having to view ads, or you could choose the ad experience. Um, all these advertisers that are on right now probably are looking at the numbers that he's releasing and the way he's talking and rethinking. Uh, whether or not they're oh, yeah, going to they be... they prepaid for the whole... They've sold their ad inventory for the whole year. Oh, they've done it for the whole year. Oh, yeah, money so, yeah. is fake, dude. Money doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they sold a hundred-something million dollars worth of ads for their first year. What so... the hell? Why? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. When we have these assholes who are able to convince people who are sitting on piles of resources to just waste them in the wind because you're like charismatic or something this is it's a nightmare this is money this is just money being wasted only there is a guy running for president oh, who like start. was don't, talking about don't stuff start, like this Sam. we're both gonna get <laughs> furious bill on belief we will it's okay i don't have to i don't have to vote for joe biden so i'm fine damn it yeah you do fuck you we both do <laughs> yeah okay i don't want to <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know I don't Quibi, want to yeah. ask you to, but <laughs> here's what's also here's what's also hilarious. Another Katzenberg. Uh, holy shit, I was totally wrong. One of the things he was talking about is he thought with all these Quibi shows, he's like, yeah, we have these big fifteen million dollar productions, we have these reality shows, uh, but I think the secret sauce is the Daily Essentials, which are basically they're t- under ten minute news clips, mm-hmm. uh, news highlights, and I watched a lot of the Daily Essentials when I did the free trial and like the thing that i was astounded by is they were so short that they were almost useless like they were just <laughs> it was like there was just no insight into anything really it's just like this is definitely happening here's another thing that's definitely happening was it essentially like weekly weird headlines portion not even because <laughs> at least in weekly weird news they they take a break to explain the funny headlines that is true. There's, there's the headline there's the laugh and then there is the actual going yeah. into a summary of the story. You know what it was? You know what it was? So you know, like on all these morning news shows, they have the news desk where, like, it's the it's the hot young it's the hotter younger newscaster who delivers headlines really quickly. Yeah, that's what these daily essentials are. It's just that. It's just like here's the thing that's happening. Another thing that's happening. Here's ten seconds of us talking to an expert. Done. And Katzenberg thought that this was the secret sauce to Quibi. This was going to be the thing that kept people coming back and kept them checking out his very expensive productions. And he and in this interview, he said, turns out our daily essentials, they're not very essential. <laughs> Did he just roast himself? <laughs> yep. I can, I can tell you where he got inspired for that. Hey, Gabby. Don't you watch a show on Snapchat, which is a, a dude talking about YouTube news behind a desk. What's it called? It's called YouTuber News, and it's essentially what you're talking about. And I think the kids are watching it on Snapchat, and I think Katzenberg or whatever his name did, too. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, I, uh, I don't watch anything on Snapchat. I don't watch... I don't use most social networks the way people normally do. TikTok, you ever use TikTok? No, Ellen? no, I've never used. Um, I, I think the last social network I probably dived into was was honestly Snapchat. I tried using TikTok and I felt a million <laughs> years old. <laughs> Why was it? Because everyone looked like uh, you. You really do realize how young kids look when you're even just two years older or something. 
You're immediately no, like, there are people oh, my God. age on there, but they figured they figured TikTok out where I couldn't like what is the thing? What's the point of it? I tried to make a video and I'm like, what is this? How do I do anything? You know what I've seen? So from from what I see, I think TikTok from everything I see about TikTok, and this is like an honest analytical like review of what I feel it is. I, I think it's a place for very either very confident or cocky young people to express self interest or love for a few seconds and then have other people be happy that they did it it's also pretty creative like <laughs> i I'm, I'm very impressed by tiktoks i see on twitter but oh are you talking about i i have seen a few of them that are like a girl who's like talking over a trump speech or something and that's kind of funny yeah there's a lot yeah there's one guy he like he he did how rich people are like here's using grains of rice here's a if one grain of rice is a thousand dollars this many grains of rice is a billion dollars so you can see how rich billionaires really are mm-hmm. uh and then he then he did jeff bezos and it's like here's a billion dollars and then just this gigantic mountain of rice for jeff bezos hey he's a he's a gonna be oh i don't want to talk about it actually you know what I'm, i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about that guy yeah we won't but yeah uh quibby quibby not doing well uh they haven't brought the free tr- the 90 days back it's still just a two-week free trial I think they're going to bring those 90 days back. Maybe not by the end of the month. Uh, maybe sometime in June. Uh, if they don't bring it, if they, if they never bring the 90 days back, I'll be, I'll be shocked because I, I have no idea how they're going to continue to grow. So this could be, so they've, okay, they've already sold ads for the whole year, right? So they have those running. Um, they have two tiers, the premium tier where you don't have ads and the other tier, which is also paid, but you do. Is that how it works? Yep, yep, yep. You okay, pay for they ads. need to make that one free. <laughs> yeah, they need to go ahead and yeah, just well, make that free. Yeah, and like again, like Katzenberg would say, "But Hulu, but yeah, but Hulu is real TV, and also the content is good." Yeah, he he's going into this not understanding that if you're bringing in, I mean, essentially all new IPs, right? Nothing that he's talked like that is put on Quibi. No, a few a few of them existed before, but it was typically like projects that hadn't actually come to light in other studios that got moved around or whatever. Like this is. This is all a new content. You're not going to have an audience that's just going to be, you know, at the biting at the whatever, wanting this content. No one knows what the fuck it is. And then half of your advertising for the past few months before actually deploying the application itself was too confusing to tell users what your product was. It the whole from start to finish, this whole thing has sucked. <laughs> yeah, they never advertised the shows. They advertised the the app which who gives a shit was it the app they were advertising are you sure yeah yeah the the the, the ads are always like there's like the the super bowl ad was i'll be that they were robbing a bank and then the guy said i'll be there in a quibby what under 10 minutes ha 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 this video is so cool and then like another robber brings out a quibby and he's watching uh chance the rapper's punk <laughs> Like it's none of this is like interesting. I feel like uh, you're lying to me. Like, like everything you're saying, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, they yeah they didn't do trailers for any of the shows. Like the Sophie Turner survival show that I didn't even bother finishing. Liam Hemsworth's uh, most dangerous game that I didn't even bother finishing. Liam Hemsworth's the most dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, I love that title. just. N- the only thing I bothered finishing was Lena Waithe's sneaker culture documentary because it was very good, and I can't wait for it to show up on Hulu or Netflix in two years. You know what? I when think, they get their rights back, I, I think it's just 
I, I think to Quibi and I think about like what it is and what it's doing. And I, and I think the honest answer is there's no room for you, Quibi, because you're not replacing anything, right? You're not replacing Snapchat. You're not replacing Instagram. You're not replacing YouTube. You're not replacing Facebook. You're not replacing Twitter. You're an addition to people's lives. And we already have like so many different subscriptions and media feeds and all this shit that people are at the point where we're deciding what we want and don't want. And Quibi has yeah. nothing. Like It's giving us nothing. Going back to the point I made in, in our Quibi episode, it's like Katzenberg constantly insisted he was not competing with Netflix or Hulu. He was not competing with Disney Plus. He wasn't competing with cable. He was specifically... Oh, he's competing with all yeah, of he them. He said he was competing with Snapchat and TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. And he was... Com- the fact is he was competing with both. He was competing with TikTok for the mobile audience, but he was also competing with premium products for people's dollars uh and people are only willing to spend so much on streaming per month and i don't think anyone wants to make room for five dollars for video they can only watch on their phone when tiktok is free and it's less than 10 minutes like it, I, it's this weird thing where you're like you're trying to make people pay for an extra service that only lasts 10 minutes an episode and you're probably going to run out of stuff pretty quickly that's uh that's the quep that's a quep date uh, <laughs> i can't wait for the next one and I like that name. <laughs> yeah, Quupdate. We'll find out. I think the next bit of news we'll get is is in July when the free trial runs out because that's when they said they're going to start sharing more information because they have $1.75 billion of investors to answer to. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, it hurts. It hurts to know that someone, if, if you're, if you're just, if you're charismatic enough and you know this bullshit game well enough and you know how to lie in the right ways and you know how to like, you know, say this or that, you can just get someone to invest. How much was it? 1.57 billion or whatever? 1.75 billion dollars. 1.75 billion dollars in a failed product. That's, that was, if you were to like, if, if you were to explain Quibi to someone right now without saying what the name was, they'd probably say, uh, that sounds worse than stuff that already exists, and I don't think I would pay for that. That's what everyone would say. It's incredible that this, this thing got to where it was. <laughs> it's because you had a, a Hollywood legend uh, backing it, honestly. That's why. Like, If this wasn't Katzenberg, I think a couple of like teenagers could have done... Not teenagers. You know, I think like, a couple of like, 20-somethings or 30-somethings could have done quibi but they wouldn't be able to raise as much like that's what vero was i think oh god vero yeah like, they tried to like undercut youtube yeah that was like a i don't yeah, yeah. i remember vero every all these services have taken the premium mobile video they've come at it from every angle like vero was specifically we're gonna pay a bunch of youtubers to put their videos on our service a month early uh and that's that was vero's whole thing very Failed. patreon go, similar go 90 was basically quibi but it was free uh failed uh all of there is yet to be a single example of this that has succeeded in any way um and yeah i just i don't i I just (laughs) give up hollywood you're not there is no novel form of mobile video it is just it's 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 free ad supported video is the mobile model mm -hmm, that's it mm -hmm. yeah if they make it free i think they can i think they can survive the year and then maybe sell for something next year uh, i mean but like what would you even buy because they can't even sell the content because the content rights go back to the creators after two years Man, i'm just trying to find a silver lining 
Yeah, it's just a bunch of assets. And like, sure, the streaming assets, the tech is good, I think. The tech is very like, cool. Because from what I understand about the tech, even the one simple thing it does, I could see someone like Apple munching that up right away. That's super awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or like YouTube. Google could buy it to put it into YouTube. TikTok could buy it. Like, anyone could buy Quibi streaming tech. That's I don't think it's worth $1.75 billion, though. No. Like, if you're an investor on this, you're taking a bath. What? I'm sorry. I need to understand what happens to these people after they show up and they have nothing to show for wasting $1.75 billion. What, do they just move on with their lives onto the next, like, project to ruin? Katzenberg was already rich when he, when he did this. <laughs> All right. Man, the, another yeah. day in a, another day in this, in this glorious republic. Ah, what a great country. Anyway, uh, we, uh, we might be back next week. However, uh, we'll definitely be back in, uh, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, for HBO Max, Ooh. which is launching in 10 days. Very I think, exciting. I need to subscribe to that. No, I think I'm already subscribed. I need to look into what it means. How do you subscribe to HBO? I have HBO now through my sister. Through your sister. How does she subscribe to it? I have no clue. I think she does it directly. If it's directly through them or through Apple, she will get HBO Max for free. All right. I'll- for as a free up as like a free upgrade. Uh if she subscribes through something else, she'll just have to cancel and subscribe again, but it's the same price. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll just get it for myself. HBO Max is launching in 10 days on March 27th, on May 27th, god time. Uh on May 27th, HBO Max launches. Uh we're going to do like we've done for all these streaming services, a full review of the launch lineup of the service of the product all that hopefully it'll be more positive than our reception of quibi <laughs> it's gonna have to be because at least we know it's gonna have more like right off the bat <laughs> yeah so yeah if we don't see you guys uh in a week we will see you in two weeks for hbo max look forward to it until then i've been samuel i've been calvin and we'll see you guys next time